What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Raina Troy Hotline. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. I'm actually surprised that your rant line, rave line, whatever, isn't completely full. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Michael Castillo for this? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Can I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Scratch. Up against the wall. Can't explain that what I'm feeling right now, guys. I can't believe it. Let's open up that race Woohoo! Oh, I can't believe USD has hired Lincoln Riley. Oh, yeah! Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Reign of Troy Radio. Episode 441, coming to you on Wednesday, August 31st. It is game week, USC and Rice. The Rice Owls locking horns at the Coliseum for the fourth time ever. The third time, uh, USC will be looking to get their third win over the Rice Owls. And the, But it, all told, the first time since 1971. It's been a long time. USC and Rice playing this week. Uh, 3 p.m. on the Pac-12 Network. I'm your host, Mike Garcia, joined along with my co-host here on the Reina Troy Radio studio, Alicia Deratola. Hello, everybody. Hello. Uh, welcome to everyone watching us live here on YouTube. Uh, we are excited. It is another year of USC football, uh, which means it's another opportunity for us to talk about the Trojans going into a game week, which means game preview episodes on Wednesday nights this year, followed by CarCast right after the game on uh, Saturday. Uh, Alicia, it's going to be a solo pod for you on the CarCast. I won't be available. Uh, what can people expect in this week's first CarCast? Hopefully a lot of optimistic, Alicia. Hopefully, <laughs> or maybe not optimistic because the game will have been done, but hopefully it's like happy, excited, hyped up, Alicia. Hopefully it's... 10 and 2, Alicia, or even 12 and 0, Alicia. Um, 12 and 0, Alicia, jeez. Hey, there was a moment on Wednesday when Liverpool was trailing Newcastle where I was thinking, you know what? The way things are going for Liverpool, I mean, it's possible okay. now. Uh, sorry, USC fans, Liverpool came back and scored a 97th minute winner. So, hmm. yeah. The, the transference uh, never fails to, to leave your mind, for sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, anyways, it, it is game week and there's a lot to talk about here on this episode. So uh, I'm excited. Let's just get straight into it. Mm-hmm. 
one of the things that is a thing for us to talk about every single year uh, that we get asked our opinions on, uh, we get asked uh, who would we pick, what would happen, what would this, it's captains. Everyone wants to know about captains. And I always say, I don't care about captains because I'm not in the room. Well, I will step away and let you have all the captain talk that you want to have because SC just named their four captains, Justin Dietrich, Caleb Williams, Shane Lee, and Tuli Tu Pelotu. Uh, what do you make of it? Because you, it's you don't you. care. It's all you. <laughs> um, it's funny because we haven't really gotten the question about who the captains would be. So I haven't, I didn't really put a lot of thought into who they would be. Uh, the the two that I would have guessed are two of them, Caleb Williams and Shane Lee. Mm-hmm. If neither of them were, then I would have some questions. Um, I'm not a big, the quarterback has to be a captain. It's just that like everything we've heard about Caleb Williams is that he is captain material. Like he's that dude. So it just would have surprised me if he wasn't. Uh, those two guys, obvious choices. I like that the other two are big guys, uh, one on the offensive line, one on the defensive line. Justin Dietrich wouldn't have necessarily been my guess for which of those offensive linemen would be a captain, but I love it. He is a fiery personality. We've we've heard that he's one of those very competitive guys since he was recruited. Yeah. So I really love that uh, for him, not only taking over a starting job full full bore uh, without question, even though it's not at center, he he's a bona fide starter at this point. Um, but getting that captain on his uh, the C on his jersey, well deserved after a long long career for him. Tuli Tupelotu, theoretically the best player on defense for USC coming into the season. You want him to be that guy. You want him to be a leader. So him being voted captain by his peers, you love to see that. I think this is all very good. I also saw somebody on Twitter make a really good point that this is two holdovers, long term holdovers, veterans and two transfers. And so it kind of does really represent the makeup of this team right now, which is very mm-hmm. much transfers are like 50% of the roster. So yeah. uh, it's good to see that group. It's a good group. Um, does it mean a whole lot? No, no. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm not going to act like it's the make or break on a season, but there have been seasons that we've gone in where like there were no defensive captains and we yeah. looked around and said, Mm, only, this looks pretty balanced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I like the balance of uh of of power there, and uh, looking forward to seeing what each of those individuals can accomplish this year. Yeah, if you would have had me name ten dudes who it could be, those four are probably in uh, it, yeah. four of those ten dudes. So uh, yeah, it sounds like it makes sense to me. But uh, again, I'm not in the room. None of us are in the room. We don't know what makes a, a good captain in that sense. So uh, not going to speculate on it beyond that. Uh, it is good to have your, your quarterback on there, uh, of course, and uh, as he does, and Caleb Williams. Uh, let's talk about the depth chart. This has been a thing because Oklahoma fans, surely in their feelings, there were tweets the other day about how uh, Ryan just ethered a guy, um, about how they were um, Lincoln Riley holds it close to the vest because he's insecure and all these things, which is just ridiculous because one, Lincoln Riley isn't any more insecure than any other coach in college football. Like every coach in college football holds their depth chart close to the best. Clay Helton, the last couple of years had posted a depth chart like early in the week that didn't mean anything. And then posted one before the game, right? Like this is just a thing. Every coach does this. 
it doesn't matter, right? Like, don't don't overthink it. So here we are. It's game week. It's Wednesday of game week. This is the day that Lincoln Riley released his depth chart last year uh, at Oklahoma. He's set to do that now. Of course, we're recording at 5 p.m. Pacific time. It's not out yet. At this point, it could come out tonight uh, or potentially first thing in the morning. So we don't have it to discuss quite yet, but there's some ideas of things that, that could be on there, Alicia, right? Yeah. So this week, pretty much all of the beat writers around USC have reported um, you know, publicly out on Twitter that Max Williams is not going to start at Nickelback. He's going to be the starting safety next to Kalen Bullock. Um, the feeling is that Jalen Smith will start at nickel instead. That is a big surprise, but not an unwelcome one. I do like Xavier Alford, but if you had me rank players on this defense that I am excited for in terms of just being that dog, Kalen Bullock is number one and Max Williams is number two. So there is a slight ish concern having Max Williams, um, at his stature, he's not necessarily the prototypical uh, sort of safety with length, but I think you make up for it in heart and in effort and in and in physicality. And I think those are things that he absolutely has. USC has had safeties in the past that didn't fit prototypical like heights and were better than the six foot four guys that that you know have been recruited. So I don't think it's a huge concern on that front. I think it's more of a positive in the sense of arguably the guys that you think can be your two best DBs are going to be responsible in the back of that defense. And uh, I'm excited to see them, see them go. It's also really exciting to see Jalen Smith get a shot to start. Um, He is not somebody that I would have predicted would be in the starting five DBs coming into the season. So it's good that they feel comfortable. They would not move Max Williams over there if they didn't feel comfortable with Jalen Smith being able to get in there and start. So um, the rest of the depth chart we think will be pretty straightforward, but this does, this is the one that probably will surprise more people than not. Yeah. I, I'm interested to see, uh, what comes of it. Uh, the, the Max Williams thing for me is we, we we've talked so much about Max Williams and, and how excited we are to watch him play. We've seen him the last couple of years when he's been healthy and the impacts that he can have. And, it comes down to him always being in the right place at the right time. And I think that kind of supersedes any, any attractions about his size. Uh, I, I do think that when it comes to size, like I think it matters maybe for corner potentially, but even then you've seen like small dudes at corner before Nikel Roby wasn't exactly a big dude at corner, right? Uh, Daryl Rideau wasn't a big guy at corner. Like there's been smaller corners before. Um, I don't really care. I don't really care what size you are. Are you making plays? That's the important thing. And I think Max Williams can be that guy, whether he's at nickel or safety. Kalen Bullock is someone who has a lot of range, and we know uh, that having seen it from last year. So if that's going to help Max Williams out, then all the more power to Max Williams. So we'll see what comes of it, of the of the defensive backfield for USC uh, in the depth chart when that does get released. The one... One thing I want to yeah. say is I think aside from that safety situation, the wide receivers and the corners are probably the biggest question marks on this depth chart. So I went in kind of like, oh, should we delay this episode until we know? But then I thought about it. Whoever starts at corner and safe, and, and wide receiver at, against Rice, 
that doesn't really mean a lot. Like I think no. that, yes, I think both of those positions will have a lot of players getting time or it'll take a few weeks to really settle in on who are the guys, the absolute guys. So right. um, I, I, if I felt more comfortable being able to say, you know what, we don't need the depth chart information in order to do this episode uh, just because of that. So. Yeah. I, I don't care what the wide receiver depth chart is, to be honest. I think there's so many dudes uh, especially in week one, everyone's going to play, right? Yeah. Like everyone's going to get out there and you're going to see um, the ball distributed pretty evenly. I would imagine in a week one situation, uh, we're going to talk about this later, but like Jordan Addison is someone who it, it was kind of surprising to look at his numbers at Pitt a little bit more. He, he only had three games last year of double digit catches. Compare that to Drake London, who had like double digit catches every single week. Right. Mm-hmm. And so um, I would expect that to continue at least early on in the season because SC needs to get everyone sort of involved. You need to you need to see what you have in Kyle Ford. You need to see what you have in Brendan Rice and and Mario Williams and Taj Washington and all those guys. Terrell you need to get Bynum them all in, and yeah, yeah. Terrell Bynum, like everybody, get them all involved. Um, and so at that point, who cares what the depth chart is in Week One? for those skill positions where there's going to be a lot of rotation where it matters is things like the offensive line, which we already know what that's going to be uh, for the most part, with the exception of left tackle, whether it's going to be Haskins or Ford, that's going to be a question mark uh, and something that could continue to go forward. Uh, Coach Hinton has talked about that uh, this week that might not have a solid answer yet, uh, but we'll see. It's still early. Um, Rice is the game of anything. If there is a preseason game on this schedule, not to, Discredit Rice, but it's Rice, right? The Trice. It's Rice. Yeah. All right. Uh, other bit of news to discuss before we start talking about Rice and the Rice Owls going into Saturday's game. Uh, a little bit of more NIL stuff. Um, there's new partners with uh, Boulevard. They've partnered with Fletcher Jones Mercedes. What? Jordan Addison and Tuli Tupelotu are going to have access to a 2022 Mercedes-Benz S500. Yeah, yeah. What a world we live in when Reggie Bush got his career completely, you know, derailed, um, his legacy derailed on the college side of things because he had a used, uh, he he drove a used car and here we are talking about brand new Mercedeses going to, SC players. A, it's incredible. A used 97 Impala, if yeah. I remember correctly. Um, yeah. And also, like, you know, there have been, you know, um, uh, there have been scandals around college football regarding dealerships and cars and players. Yeah. Joe McKnight had an issue with the car. <laughs> like, it's just funny that this is happening. Really cool opportunity for those guys. If somebody said I could drive around a, a, an S500 all year, I would feel really good. They're not, obviously they're not owning it. They are essentially like, what would we say? We're, they're free leasing it. <laughs> I, I, I don't know the technical term. It's like, here. it's like a company car kind of situation sure. where like, it's like, these are their company cars. Uh, they also expect more guys to get in on this, um, this deal as well. So yeah. they're also, they're a couple of Mercedes. So they're midfield. Uh, it's not like they're given a red, being given a Red Bull. Um, or yeah. a Ferrari, huh. Ferrari yeah. with the, all the pit stop troubles. That, yeah, uh, maybe don't want to give out Ferraris yeah. at this point. 
All right, that's enough F1 talk for today. Uh, let's get into the game. USC and Rice uh, coming to the Coliseum Saturday uh, on the Pac-12 network, uh, SC and Rice. Uh, like I mentioned before, only the fourth meeting all time between the Trojans uh, and the Rice Owls. I, I did some digging into the Rice media guide for some interesting things. SC is 2-0-1 all time against the Rice Owls. Played three times before. It was a 7-7 tie at the Coliseum in 1947. A 7-0 win for the Trojans at home in 1948. And then a 24-0 win on the road in Houston in 1971. This is going to be Rice's first trip to the Coliseum since 1948. And according to their media guide, quote, from all research available, the 74-year gap between Rice's appearances in the Coliseum is the longest in college football history. The previous best was 72 years between appearances by Miami of Ohio at Illinois Memorial Stadium between 1941 and 2013. That's outstanding research from Rice. <laughs> I got to give him that. That's I mean, what that's, do you expect no, from Rice, right? Like, yeah, that's their biggest win of the weekend. It, it's it's a great little nugget and a testament to the Coliseum being around forever. So here we are, SC back, uh, back in the driver's seat of uh, of lengthy stadium records this time with Rice. Um, other notes: uh, some nineteen forty eight memorable since his last meeting since nineteen forty eight. Uh, at least in, the, in terms of things at the Coliseum between SC and Rice. Cheetos and juice boxes were introduced and 7-Up no longer contains lithium. This, again, according to the Rice Media Guide. No, Cheetos lithium was in 7-Up? Okay, that, uh, that what? sodas had some weird stuff in them for a long time, so that's not a surprise. Cheetos was around in 1948? Apparently. That's that's the shock to me. This is news to me. 1948 Cheetos? Yeah. And then my favorite of this is the champions in the MLB, Cleveland Indians, and in hockey, the Toronto Maple Leafs. So shout out to two long droughts. Of course, Cleveland has not won since 1948, and the Leafs have not won since there were six teams in the league. There's currently 32. So, yeah, long-time suffering uh, fan bases are those teams. But let's talk about USC and Rice. This is the fifth year for Mike Bloomgren uh, at the, um, there in, in Houston with, with Rice. Uh, he's 11-31. and 31. They went 4-8 and eight last year. 4-8, uh, and eight, their best record in literally years, dating back to, I think, 2013. Uh, not rated in any sort of rankings except for the – total ranking sort of uh, establishments like your uh, Jeff Sagrin, who has them at 148th in his preseason ranking. For reference, UC Davis is 140th. 148th for Rice. Yeah. Behind UC Davis. UC Davis, of course, the team SC was going to play last year in 2021, an FCS team and break the FCS streak. SC didn't ultimately play them. Mike Bone came in. Uh, played the the Uno reverse card, got them bounced, and here comes Rice, a team that is arguably worse. See, this is the argument for not breaking the FCS streak because yes. it's not like you can't find these <laughs> matchups <laughs> that are on that level. Like, yeah. they exist. You're fine. Yeah, 100%. 
Uh, let's talk about them on offense. Uh, the Rice Owls sort of led by running back Ari Broussard. 569 rushing yards last year, averaged 4.91 yards per carry. Three touchdowns in 2021. I think he's someone to keep an eye on. And at quarterback, it's an interesting situation. Wiley Green is the senior starter for the Owls. 13 starts under his belt, but only three last year. Started game one against Arkansas. Uh, got benched, ultimately came back, was the Conference USA Player of the Week at one point uh, in a win only to be uh, wiped out for the rest of the season due to injury. He has played, he has started in like every season he's played at, at Rice, but just little chunks here and there, even though he's super experienced, all told, um, has three seasons of passing for at least 400 yards which is weird considering he's never passed for more than 800 yards. So a little bit of experience here and there. Uh, he'll be backed up by JT McMahon, uh, who could get some reps here for, for the Owls. The the younger brother of Ryan McMahon of the Colorado Rockies, if you're a baseball fan. Uh, McMahon last year led a comeback win over Louisiana Tech, uh, in which he was 12 for 21, 191 yards, two touchdowns at a passer rating of 155.4. Pretty good. Um, given how Bloomgren kind of bounces between quarterbacks, wouldn't be surprised to see him in there at some point. Uh, so look for him as well. Uh, the other former quarterback from last year for Rice was Luke McCaffrey, who's now been moved to uh, wide receiver. Luke McCaffrey, of course, the younger brother of Christian, the son of Ed, the Nebraska transfer. He is currently a redshirt sophomore, even though he's played games and Nebraska for two seasons, and Rice another, uh, of course, with the COVID year and a redshirt rule. He's a redshirt sophomore. So look for him. Seven catches for 98 yards in the spring game. Uh, the other player of note on offense for Rice, wide receiver Isaiah es uh, Esdale, a West Virginia transfer over a couple of seasons at West Virginia, 648 yards, two touchdowns. So there you go. There's Rice's uh, preview on offense. Uh, last year, they were 107th in scoring offense, averaging 21.5 points per game uh, and 98th in yards per play at 5.58. There you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, Luke McCaffrey, interesting. I think Luke McCaffrey genuinely I mean, is going to be interesting to watch. Like, you know, you, like just, you, you yeah. take away the expectations of him as a quarterback what can he do it as, as the, the wide as receiver, a receiver? Yeah. yeah i think it'll be interesting i mean clearly they force fed him in the spring game i want to see what he can do um but uh, there are, if you're gonna focus on on anybody on this offense like yeah he's he, he could be the one to just watch like i don't know that yeah he's one to watch in terms of like he's the guy that's gonna burn usc but he's one to watch um yeah i i, I, I look look at it from the perspective of this Rice offense going up against USC's defense. Considering the games on the, 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 the slate for September, Stanford next week on the road, followed by Fresno State at home, and then Oregon State on the road. This is really a test week of, like, get all your things in order, get your rotation, figure out what you're going to do. We talked about the whole, like, preseason game angle of it, right? Like, this is the perfect week one opponent for this defense who has so many different moving parts, so many players coming in. Shane Lee is a transfer, middle linebacker. Like, 
all these new components, this is exactly who you want to face in, in week one. Well, yeah, particularly because if they have a strength on offense and they really don't, it's it's the run game. Uh, so the, you know, the, the, the run defense needed work and this is possibly the situation where we can see that in action. Uh, not that it'll mean a ton, but it won't mean nothing if they're able to keep this run, this run, uh, offense limited somewhat. Yeah. But really, there's, as we said in in the season preview, there's nothing to like about Rice at this point. Like, they're they they don't have much going for them. They do have a somewhat veteran offensive line, so yeah, uh, it's ton not, of starters on the offensive. They're line. not going to be like walking over freshmen up front, right. so that's good. That you, you know, you get to test the defensive line a little bit. Uh, but uh, when it comes down to it, like I just. There, I, I don't know who I'm supposed to fear on this team. I don't know what plays I'm supposed to fear on this team. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, Mike Bloomgren, uh, he's the one who coined intellectual brutality. Um, I always thought that as a Stanford thing. Well, it was him that created it. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't David Shaw. And then he is taking it over to Rice uh, and, and echoed it over there. Uh, so that's sort of the row your boat, uh, row the boats, um, slogan uh coaching slogan uh that that he's taken on with rice and i think that's what that's what they want to be they want to be good in uh in the fundamental aspects and be a team um who plays smartly right because rice is an academic powerhouse right like it's a great private education all that stuff like you want they want to be like stanford and duke and northwestern and play that style of football and you look at Northwestern, you look at Stanford, and you look at Duke, over the last decade, they've all had varying ranges of success in doing that. Rice hasn't necessarily done it. And I think that part of it is you look at the the penalties. Last year, they were in the 120s in terms of penalties. Uh, that's not going to cut it if, if that's the, the type of game that you're trying to play. Uh, that's not what, you know, Pat Fitzgerald gets out of his team at Northwestern. So um, I, I think there's a lot to to hope for if you're a rice fan that you want things to be, you want them to do the little things right, but that's not where this team is right now, uh, which luckily for USC makes them sort of the perfect week one opponent uh, with everything else uh, going down with this team. Let's talk about the defense though, uh, for rice going up against USC's offense uh, last year, they were 120th in scoring defense, giving up 36.2 points per game. 118th in yards per play, 6.69 yards per play, Rice allowed. Just brutal. 120th in pass defense, 273.8 yards per game they allowed. It's The numbers are ugly. The numbers are absolutely ugly. Uh, Akena, uh, and I'm going to get this wrong. Akena, Akena. Enechukwu. Yes, is probably the best player on defense. Uh, last year, 48 tackles, eight tackles were lost, four and a half tackles, for, uh, four and a half sacks. Uh, he's both a Phil Steele and Lindy's preseason first team all-conference USA guy at defensive end. Look for him to, to you know, maybe be an early test for, for USC's offensive line, especially at the left tackle spot where ST still needs to nail down that last starter. Led the, led the team with... Um, 
20 quarterback hurries, according to Pro Football Focus, and 32 pressures last year. So maybe he can sort of be uh, an early test or a, a bright spot for Rice. We will see. But beyond that, uh, not much to really speak of of this Rice defense, which, again, plays into USC's hands when you have that much talent on offense. So what are you expecting for USC on offense this week in week one? Yeah, I I mean, there's not a lot to say nice about the offense, and the offense is the better the better side of the ball for this right, team. Yeah. Um, aside from Anachukwu, the the best thing you can say about any of the individuals on this team is that they are experienced. So, uh, George Nyak Wall, the free safety, has 25 starts to his name. Uh, the linebacker Treshawn Chamberlain has 20 starts to his name. So it's like, yeah, they have some veteran guys, but they're veteran on really bad defenses that have been there for the last few years. And it's, it's again, it feels like a perfect matchup because this defense is something that Lincoln Riley's just going to have his way with. He's not going to have to pull out all the stops. He's going to be able to hold some stuff close to his chest. But at the same time, the biggest question mark on offense is left tackle. It is how that offensive line will form and it is who is going to take on that role, that critical role for this entire season. If they haven't made up their minds between Cortland Ford and Bobby Haskins, then this is a good matchup. This is a who does bet. Because if you can't deal with uh, Enetrukwu, then you're, you're going to have trouble. Yeah. Yes. So this will be a really good limit test for either Kyle Ford, uh, sorry, Cortland Ford uh, or, or Bobby Haskins from a coaching perspective, from our perspective, as people who are watching this team and trying to decide what expectations we should put, like I actually think this works out really beautifully for USC uh, in terms of a in terms of a matchup. You mentioned Lincoln Riley holding things close to to his vest. I, that's one of the things I'm trying to gauge is how much of that will be a, th- a thing because, uh, you know, again. Of any team on the any game on the roster on the schedule, Rice is USC's worst opponent. They're also the worst opponent in the first month, especially. And so, how do you sort of do that? Do you keep everything close to the vest, and because of that, you expect to uh, see to start out very conservatively, or is this such an opportunity where you've got so many guys to break in? So many transfer players, so many new players, so many new faces that you have to just play balls to the wall from the get-go and get everyone an opportunity that you can't hold things close to the best. How do you you expect to see those two things uh, on Saturday? You shouldn't have to pull out the stops in order to beat this Rice defense, though. Like, on pure talent... uh, um, on pure ability on in like if we're talking like physical beats as as Clay Helton would bring up like you should be able to get one over on this rice team so i would go into this game thinking um just go forward and 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 nail down your sort of bread and butter kind of plays don't mm-hmm. uh, don't pull out the stops if you don't need to go ahead and say okay we're just going to execute and that's going to be enough and that execution can be, be our most basic run play, our most basic passing concepts. And if that's not enough to beat Rice, then we've got a problem. Sure. Um, yeah. So 
uh, I would not reveal, I, I get what you're saying about there are expectations. You need to put on a show. Absolutely. Well, I, I just I think don't necessarily buy into that. I, I don't think you need, you don't need to beat rice with style points. What I'm talking about is you need to get, uh, you know, everyone, all, all their feet wet. So that way, Nobody goes into the Stanford game completely green. Yes, but I think you do that by using your basic concepts and then just being willing to see a lot of guys get out there and play. Yeah. Like that's the rotation we expect to see at wide receiver. That's the rotation we expect to see from corner. Um, that, you know, we can hope to see some really strong rotating on the defensive line. Get everybody uh, to their fundamentals, focus on that, the core things that are going to lead them through this season. And leave it at that. Don't yeah. give Stanford any hint of what else you have in your bag. Or, um, I mean, so the the great thing would be is if you go out there and do very basic things and everybody in this offense looks dangerous, give Stanford questions about who they need to actually focus on, but don't give them any any sense of USC is going to use Relique Brown this way. Right. As opposed to just release Brown's going to be on the field and he's going to get the ball in the most basic like sense so, plays that you would expect anyways. I, I look at it from two views though. Yes, don't use release Brown like how you really don't want to. Don't get creative. But at the same time, you don't want to handcuff yourself. No. And then just, uh, you know, get too cute about it and then come up with all these new formations and all these things for the very first time that you're throwing out there and then expecting, uh, you know, the, the, the best execution um, in the tight spot. So like, I, I, I think you can sort of do both. I think you, you can, you can mix and match it. You want to be able to, to uh, pull out all the stops and, and get everyone's feet wet and, and place your backups and rotate your guys and get everyone involved. Um, but I don't think you should be overly afraid of like keeping it overly simple. And looking back at the season openers that Lincoln Riley has had at Oklahoma, I, I'm intrigued because there's there's five games there, and I'm curious if you if you had the same thought that I did about this trend. So year one, 2017, they beat UTEP 56 to seven. Year two, they beat FAU, which I believe had Lane Kiffin at the time, 63-14. Year three. Uh, they play Houston, 49-31. 2020, they beat Missouri State, uh, the SES, 48-8. Uh, to eight. Uh, And then last year, they beat Tulane, 40-35. to 35. Uh, in That game, OU took control with a 23-0 second quarter run, but Tulane scored the last 13 points, which is why they only lost by five, Tulane. Um, but average 51.2 points per game. So the offense has been, you know, done their part in all those games. But, like, do you have, just looking at those score lines, do you have any sense of uh, of a takeaway at all? I mean, those score lines come against teams that aren't that good. <laughs> so Yeah, I think Houston's the only, the only team there that I think would, would have a pulse, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, like, and, and I again, I would imagine that those first games against, like, an FAU, I don't think... I don't think that six to three points came out of being of showing a hand necessarily. I think you can be aggressive 
Yeah, I would sure. I would advocate being aggressive, but being aggressive just means you know send four wide receivers down the field and chuck sure. it to I, them. Like, I, I you guess know, for me, basic concepts, but but aggressive. I don't think you need to overthink this at all. I think you 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 don't show Stanford anything that can help them game plan for you, but you trust that your athletes are just going to be better than Rice's because, quite frankly, they are. Yeah, I, I think for me that the the one outlier here is last season, twenty twenty one. Uh, the 40 to 35 win over Tulane. Before that, these were all like sizable wins. Yeah, the, the Houston one, they win 49-31, but Houston by far is the best opponent of, of all those teams, right? Like Houston is not UTEP. Houston is not FAU, right? Like uh, at least 2018 FAU. So like, I don't know. I, I think that to me, this this tells me that Lincoln Riley is going to be willing to throw the football and run the football and see what his offense can do, which is, I think, what you want to see as USC fan because you want to see it all. And I don't know if you're going to see everything, but I think you're going to see a fair bit of stuff uh, on Saturday, and you're going to be able to see a lot of rotation. Um, and, yeah, everyone involved in that sense. Yeah, I, it really is that simple. You have to take advantage of this game, and that means getting ahead. Be aggressive early. Get. Yep. Your lead, rotate, 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 rotate. Yes, indeed. Uh, let's get to our favorite game over under. Alicia, you know the only good thing about football season being over? There's literally nothing good about the football season being over. It's just an endless wait until the fall. See, that's where you're wrong. It's tournament season. The best way to take your mind off the endless wait. That is true. I may not want to watch the men play, but the USC women are pretty awesome. Exactly, but it's not just SC. There's high-stake basketball moments all over the country. But you know what? They get even better with prize picks. So you're saying the only thing better than watching Juju Watkins is taking the more on Juju Watkins. Bingo. You can now turn your hoops knowledge and love of Juju Watkins into serious cash. Because you can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks. Turn 10 bucks into a thousand bucks with college basketball, NBA, and NHL entries. Best of all, Price Picks lets you get on the action on more than 30 states across the country, including Texas, Georgia, and California. That sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, download the app today and use the code Reign of Troy for a first deposit match up to $100. That's the Price Picks app with the code Reign of Troy for the first deposit match of up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So you're going over. I'm feeling bold. Give me that over. I'll go under. I got to take an under here. I got three unders to take. I'm going to do an under here. Let's make our picks. It's time. Let's make our picks for the week one game against Rice. Alicia, what is your first over under? All right. We're going 315.5 total yards for Rice. 315? 315. I went back and forth on this. It's a little bit difficult. Okay. Rice averaged 361 yards last year with a season high of 504 against Western Kentucky. 
Last year against Power 5 teams, they played Arkansas, Houston, and Texas. They had 308 yards, 212 yards, and 272 yards. So against Power 5 opponents, that offense got nothing, less than nothing. Um, Now, on the flip side, USC gave up 407 yards per game last year with a season high of 609 yards versus UCLA and a season low of 265 yards versus Cal, which is funny because I don't remember the defense being great in that game, but I don't remember much about that about the Cal game? The Cal game, yeah. I I think no no team was good in that game. That was just a bad game all around. I don't – 265 yards was a reflection of Cal as as much as it was of USC. Um, But last year, San Jose State, a significantly better team than Rice, by the way, had 416 yards of offense at the start of that uh, in, in that season opener, and in fact, most of the teams in that first month of the season were getting 400 yards of total offense against this defense. So, I, I hear you. Oklahoma averaged 390 yards per game that they gave up last yes. year. So that's Oklahoma's Alex Grinch coached defense averaged 390 yards. So I set the line kind of low at 315.5 for Rice. That's where we're at. I think this is an easy under to pick. Uh, the To me, the art, I, I have no faith in, in Rice at all to gain anything. Um, or, well, not necessarily to gain anything. I have very little faith for Rice to do much in this game. Um, I Just in looking at everything... I think Luke McCaffrey is going to be interesting to watch, but beyond that, I, I just have nothing here. Um, I think Rice's best bets is if SC ends up scoring quickly a lot of times and just gives Rice a bunch of possessions, which could happen. I, I think that, like, I and don't think clears that's, the benches. Yeah, I, I don't think that's you know uh, out of the realms of possibility. And then Rice gets a whole bunch of yards, um, which is why total yardage is a flawed stat, right? Like. That could absolutely happen, but give me the under. Under 315.5 uh, total yards for Rice. Uh, which leads me into my first over-under. One and a half Travis Die touchdowns. He was second in the Pac-12 last season with 16 rushing TDs. I believe he had four through the air as a receiver. 1.5 Travis Die touchdowns. Touchdowns of any variety on Saturday. Hmm. And you had a couple games where you had multiple touchdowns in a game. Yeah. I think I'm going to go with the under on this one just because there will be potential for a lot of players to score touchdowns. The likelihood of any of them scoring two is lower than the likelihood of any of the other ones scoring one. Right. (laughs) So, um, just playing the odds here because Die could have the two touchdowns or Darwin Barlow could have the two touchdowns or Austin sure. Jones could have the two touchdowns. Raleigh Brown could have the two touchdowns. You run out of touchdowns, you know? Um, you could have passing touchdowns. It, it just There's too many opportunities for, for the alternative, uh, which is basically like the field. Right. And uh, no offense to Travis Die, I think he will be exceptional for USC uh, down the line, I think he will be critical for USC. But in this Rice game, I think that, to me, I don't want Travis Dye having too many carries in this game. Um, put him, you know, wrap him in cotton wool and, and, and save him for Stanford. All right. Um, I'm going to go 
that locks me in to take the over. So, uh, you're so the locked that, into the over. The way this works, if you've never, if you've never yeah, new new listener. Yeah, if you're a new listener to to Troy, if you're new here on YouTube, so the way we do uh, these over unders is Alicia makes a, a sets a line, and then I say over under, and vice versa, and that sort of locks us into um, sort of being the the uh, the house in that sense. So uh, I set the line at one and a half Travis Dye touchdown. She takes the under, which locks me in for the over. Uh, this is probably a good time to mention that we're going to have a Google form. Yes. For we'll send out the, the audience Google to form, participate. And it'll be in the description if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts. And if you're here on YouTube, uh, after the after we uh, publish this, uh, or after the live, uh, we will post it back on YouTube. So come back for that. And we'll put it on social media as well. Uh, so, Yeah. Good. Uh, I'm glad you take the under because I see Travis Dye scoring two touchdowns in the first quarter. <laughs> I, I mean, I, he could. I I, just... Here's honestly how I see it. I think SC comes down the first quarter and just has two methodical drives finished off by Travis Dye touchdowns, and then he set him the rest of the game. How can he have two touchdowns in the first quarter if Lake McCree's going to score three? There you go. Like, come there, on, man. You never know. All right. Uh, what's your next one? All right. I've got, uh, speaking of running back situations, I got 6.5 touches for Relic Brown. Now, Stephen Carr in his debut had seven carries against Western Michigan. Ronald Jones had six. Justin Davis, going back a little while longer, had 14. So that's sort of the area that like the true freshman de- debutante uh, gets 6.5. Mm-hmm. So that's where that's where I set that line. Six and a half touches for Relic Brown. Yes. Which I probably should have put as carries, but we'll go with touches. Just no, I like touches. I like touches yeah. better because I think there's opportunities to get him in the passing game too. Yeah, uh, give me the over here. I, I could, I could absolutely see him get about five to six carries and and a couple of catches. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I agree. I think there's a good chance that this will be the over. I also wonder if the rotation, the number of running backs that they have, the four all healthy as far as we know, that might uh, sort of limit limit where you can go. Yeah, there you go. Uh, next one. Uh, I set the line at two and a half. Two and a half first down rushes by Caleb Williams last year uh, at Oklahoma, and he had 20 first down runs uh, out of his 79 total scampers. Uh, 20 for 79 when his first downs. How many will he have? On Saturday, two and a half is the line over under. Ooh, I feel really good that like he'll have two, but I don't want to take that under. So I'm curious if this, how many times is is he going to run? Is he going to, you know, maybe working on not running? Yeah, to protect himself. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I'm going to, I'm going to go over just because like I said, like, I'm pretty sure he'll have at least two. Uh, so I, I guess I'll go over cause I think the chance of him having three is, is low. I, I don't know. I don't know what to do with a dual threat quarterback. This is new to me. So uh, maybe I'm being overly optimistic, but let's, let's do it. All right. You're, you're locking in the over yeah. there. All right. Uh, next one for you. What do you got? All right. So Marcelo. A uh, longtime listener said he wanted some not stat-based over-unders, so I have delivered one. 
And the the phrasing on this is going to be so weird. I think we should maybe change it for the uh, the, the the Google form that we send out. Over under 0.5 Lincoln Riley in a visor sightings, which is essentially me asking, will Lincoln Riley be in a visor or some other form of headgear? It's, uh, it's the visor versus the field. So visor versus hat or nothing or bucket hat or, you know, umbrella hat or, you know, whatever. Right. Yeah. I, I think that this is a situation where I definitely... I uh, think that Lincoln Riley is a visor guy. However, given the heat that's going to be at the Coliseum on Saturday, knock me knock me down for the hat. So you're going uh, under that. It will be under the the point five. Okay. Uh, yeah, our our buddy Kenny from uh, Traveler Hates Thursdays is a big visor guy. Going back to Lane Kiffin, he's even talking about wearing a hat because he wants to protect his scalp. So it's a good call. It's gonna it's gonna be roasting roasting yeah. on Saturday. Uh, my last over under since we each do three of these is over under six hundred and twenty point five yards of total offense for the Trojans. Uh, why six hundred and twenty? Because Texas gained six hundred and twenty against Rice last year. Texas led by Steve Sarkeesian in a fifty eight nothing win over the Rice Owls. Uh, the Longhorns racked up 427 yards on the ground, 193 passing yards. That game, of course, at DKR in Austin. This one on Saturday at the Coliseum for SC. Can they match um, or, or better the 620 yards from Texas? You know it's a Lincoln-Riley coach USC team when we have an over-under that is 620 total yards, and that's the over. That's the line. It's, it's also week one and, and Rice. Okay, yes. I I cannot in good conscience pick the over because 620 yards of total offense is a lot, even for, Lincoln, even for like exceptional offenses. Um, if USC has a big lead, I think that they clear the benches and maybe slow down a little bit in the second half. So I have to take this under. I'm not saying I don't want to see 700 yards total offense. Sure. I absolutely want to see that. <laughs> I'm just playing the odds. I have to take the under. I cannot, cannot, cannot take an over on 620 yards. So I'm very glad I didn't give you more information because I just looked it up. 2017. Oh, no. 676 against UTEP. Oh, no. 2018. 650 against FAU. Houston in 2019 was 686. No. <laughs> However, the last two years, well, oh, two years ago, a meager 608 against Southwest Missouri State. So <laughs> there you go. Okay. Mm. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. You, you well, can take the, the under. They'll lock me okay, in for the over. I did That's it. fine. Uh, all right. We, let's, let's do some rapid fire over unders. We got these from our friends over on Slack. Uh, Samuel, North Carolina says over under uh, a passer rating of 167 for Caleb Williams. Uh, taking the over on that, I think he's going to be very efficient in this game. Yeah, it's an easy over for me. I think the days of USC quarterbacks being the 150s of passer ratings uh, is over. We you look at every passer rating of any quarterback Lincoln Riley has had. They are in the 170s, 80s, and 90s. They will be up there. Uh, so, yeah, give me an easy over there. Uh, Samuel also says over under 10 offensive plays before USC scores. Uh, I'm going to take the under on this. I think this offense has the potential to be quick strike. 
And I think that Lincoln Riley will want to be aggressive on that first drive. I'll take the under also. However, I would not be surprised if the first drive was like a a methodical, like, you know, pound the the run and run like eight times on the first drive and then come out in the second drive and just blitzkrieg down the field, like passing it left and right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, let's go to uh, David Orange County. He says over under 85 and a half yards for USC's leading rusher. I'm going to go over on this. I think there's a chance someone will break away for a big touchdown run. Yeah. Um, it's, it's close. That's a good line, Dave. I like that line a lot, but I'm going to take the over. Uh, yeah, I'll take the over as well. Um, strictly because of the long run situation. Yeah. Also, if this is a game where SC gets uh, what I would imagine, like 300 yards on the ground, 300 plus yards on the ground, you just do the math. Uh, they have four main running backs that you can expect to, uh, four scholarship running backs to, to be rotated. You just do the math there, and 85 is pretty easy for somebody to get. Uh, so give me the over. Uh, Dave also says one and a half plays uh, that would make a, a tight end plays that would make Alicia drool. Okay. Is it fair? What, what are we calling this? That I am the arbiter of this over under. No, that's fair. Cause I like mean, if it, I it take is, the over you literally said you, yeah, it can't, but like, can I in good conscience pick, make a pick? Because if I take the over, then I could call like, Oh, okay, it was can, a five yard catch, but it made me drool. Of, of what would make you drool. Oh, you know what a, what a made me okay, drool play okay, looks can, like. Can I guess? Okay. Tiny, a 10 touchdown. Yes. Makes me drool. Instant. It doesn't matter how it scored. If it's tight end touchdown, it's a drool play. Yes. Okay. A gain of like 30 yards, 30 plus yards. Okay. But also there's another one you're missing. Well, the the other thought was just like a one-handed catch or something like that. Well, yes, absolutely. That's like an impressive play. But like if anything up the seam, if I see USC hit a tight end up the seam, I will be on the floor covered in drool. Like it'll just be so like, there you go. If we're, if we're, cataloging it like that if we're saying okay these are these are the parameters uh, an impressive catch a touchdown a big chunk play like we'll say 25 we'll say yards. 25 yards or more 25 yards up the seam or something no 25 yeah. yards in general and then anything up the seam okay i'm taking that over but up the seam still has to be like okay know, it like, can't be like five yards up the seam yeah, but that's that, not the that's kind not of really thing. up the seam yeah that, a tight end up the seam when we're talking about drool worthy, you almost never see that go for less than like 15 or 20 yards. Like when you, when you hit that play, you're getting a chunk. So yeah, for sure. Okay. So I take that over. <laughs> Marcelo says, what did you take on that? <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, give me the over. I think they'll want to get everyone involved. I think you'll see an Epps play and a Lake McCree play. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and they'll go down the list there. So, yeah. Uh, Marcelo says two and a half USC false starts. Uh, Marcelo, this question is straight out of the Clay Helton era. Add that to the counter, boys, in the uh, in the YouTube chat. Um, <laughs> hard under. If USC is having false starts against Rice at the Coliseum, uh, please, I don't want. I don't even want to start that. I'm taking the under. It, it's week one. Uh, offensive line penalties are just always going to be a thing. Uh, even then, two and a half. 
is way too high of a line there. If it was one and a half, I'd be tempted to take the over, but give me the under. Yep. All right, that wraps up the over-under. Let's get into our game predictions, Alicia. Bill Connolly's numbers over the S&P Plus numbers, which we've talked about before, going to be very problematic. We're talking about USC. The S&P Plus numbers have SC 46 in the country because SC is such a mixed bag in terms of the roster, right? Like so much turnover, he can't possibly, the numbers can't possibly rank SC correctly. Uh, so, but they have SC winning 42 to 15. Vegas has the Trojans by 33 as of this morning when we filled out this rundown with an over under of 61.5. Alicia, what is your prediction for USC and Rice on Saturday? I, I think I, I'm going to go backwards here. I okay. got Rice with 18 points. 18. 18. How do you get 18 points? Uh, they'll get it. The, the, six field goals? Yes. Let's, six field goals. I love it. Okay. Or uh, a touchdown where they miss the extra point or they go for two on an extra point. And you're, then you're losing so, me. Either way. I like, I like 18. Um, score predictions are pointless. That's why I do those numbers that way. Uh, <laughs> Rice 18. I'm going back and forth on, on USD score total. Uh, I was going to do 49, but I decided that I think USC is going to cover because I'm an idiot. So let's go with 50, 50 to 18, 50 to 18. That covering still, uh, 51, no, no, 51 to 18 points, 51. So like an exact cover for you, 33 yes, points, 51 to 18. Okay. All right. Um, I could st- I don't know that I'd see the 18, but I could see it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how you get to 51 either, but, you know, yellow. Uh, 51. You, you score six touchdowns and three field goals, 51. It's not too bad. Yeah. Uh, that that would make somewhat sense there. Uh, I'll give you that. Uh, okay, my pick, I will go USC 55, Rice 10. Uh, I think SC comes out here and just does what you're supposed to do to a team like Rice. Uh, I. The 55 was the part that I struggled with here. Um, I, I think USC's defense is, is so new that, um, especially when you get the backups involved and everything, I, I don't – giving up 10 points seems just like whatever there. Um, the 55 points here, I think if SC scored 77 or they scored 44, I'd believe you. And I think that the range is that big. It really it is. is that big on yeah. offense. Like I would not be surprised if SC dropped 70 in this game. Yeah. I wouldn't be sur- surprised if they dropped 60. I got to 55 because I thought seven touchdowns and a couple of field goals sounded about right. I nearly said 58, which is what Texas did last year against Rice. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it'll be in that range. Uh, 55 10 is what I have. What's what's crazy is that like anything above 40 and I'll be happy. But sure, also yeah. like if you tack on another 30 points, it'll still be like, like that, that that's insane. Like that, that is absolutely insane, but believable. Yeah. It, it also depends on what happens. Like that Texas game, Texas was up 44, nothing at the half. Yeah. Uh, and at that point you can just take the, I would the, the, the pedal and just, not do anything in the second half. I would love to see Miller Moss. John in the chat says 70-21 at halftime. Yeah. Yeah, if SC scored 70 points in the first half, they would not 
take a serious play in the second half. No. You know what I mean? They would no, just they would hand it off to a, a walk on running back or yeah. take knees for the rest of the second half. Right. Uh, but it would be nice to see Miller Moss get some get some run in the second half and like get to run the offense without handcuffs. That would be fun. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. All right, let's go to the mailbag before we wrap this thing on up. Uh, Alicia, let's go to a question we got from our friend BJ in Inglewood. Send us over a couple of questions. Uh, which play is the first to go over 20 yards this season? I think it means player. Um, or pl- I mean, I guess play could be a thing. What, what, what's the play? Who, who's, who's gaining the 20 yards and, and what are they doing? Um, I think that it is a long bomb to Mario Williams. I could see it. Yeah. Mario Williams, especially someone who has the rapport with, with Caleb. And you imagine that Jordan Addison might be drawing a double coverage on the first drive or something like that. Yeah, I could see it. Um, I'm going to go 20 plus yards for... Lake McCree first. Drive. I almost said Lake McCree. I was just like and up the seam. Maybe that's it's a little little bold. It's Lake McCree first bold, drive. Yeah. Uh, season question: How many run plays will go twenty yards uh, for the year for USC? Uh, while you think about this, I'm going to pull up the numbers um, because I'm very curious. Uh, is this an unanswerable question at this point? No, I don't, I don't think know so. that we know. I don't know that we know enough about what this run game is actually going to look like. Will it be explosive? I mean, there, I, there, are, are, there's some have, explosive. Have you not watched Oklahoma before? Yes, but that doesn't mean that like it'll click for USC that that quickly or easily in, sure. in that sense. I don't, I don't know. So 2018, Oklahoma had 37 runs of 20 yards. Okay, I'll go with uh, I'll go with 30. 2018, 37. I'll go with 30. Uh, last year in 2021, Oklahoma had 27. So 37 to, down to 27, but last year SC had 12. Yeah, I'll go with 30 as a significant upgrade. <laughs> 30 is a good number. I think I think that's a it's a good reasonable number. 2017, Lincoln Riley's first as a head coach. Uh, Oklahoma had 32. 2015 is first as an offensive coordinator. Oklahoma had 29. So I think 30 is fair. Yeah, I think it works. Yeah, put this down for 30. And how many pass plays will go 20 plus yards? 150. That's a, I, I don't know what the, when the averages are on here. Is that your, not your serious? That's not my serious. Okay. So same thing. 2015, Lincoln Riley's first season as an offensive coordinator for, for Oklahoma. Uh, they had 51. 2017, his first head coaching year at Oklahoma. They had 85. <laughs> so 100. Uh, Not 20, that far off 100. 2018, 74. 2019, 71. 2021, skipping the COVID year. 2021, they had... Where is it? You got to scroll for this one. Not oh, last year they had 42. The same number as USC. Mm, okay. Yeah. Let's go. Uh, let's go 55. Honor the 55. 55. Okay. Yep. Uh, I will go 60. I think 60 is a fair number there. SC's got too many too many guys on at receiver. Uh, something will happen. Something will give. Uh, let's go to questions that we've got here in the chats. 
Uh, let's start with Josh. Uh, do you think Lincoln Riley and Lane Kiffin talk shop about uh, each other's visor collections? I hope so. That would be I fun. So. That certainly would be fun if they did. Uh, Josh also says, do you think we will see a tight end or a touchdown from a tight end or running back first? For me, it's running back because I'm, I'm calling back. it now that, that you already Travis have Travis Dye scoring, scoring the, in the first touchdown. quarter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think running back more likely than, than a tight end. I'd love to see it, but. All right. Uh, Cemetery Baby says, do you think USC will punt two or more times? I think so, yes. Because in the second half, if they're up by 40, you're going to have some punts. That's that's the only reason. If you ask, will USC punt in the first half two or more times? I would take, I would say no. But uh, if we're talking full game, yeah, I think you add up a couple punts at least. Okay, so I'm look, again looking this up. 2017. UTEP, two punts. Against FAU, two punts. Houston, one punt. 2020 against Southern Missouri, one punt. Last year against Tulane, zero punts. So uh, this says, no, they will not punt two times. Yeah. But uh, realistically, given all the changes that SE has on offense, sure, I could see like two punts, but it's not going to be much, if if that. Uh, next one comes from Alex over under 35 non-starters will play against rice. Over. I I have no sense of, (laughs) we'll do 35 non-starters just play in any game. I don't know. I I don't know. I'm just going to go. I feel like, do we count special teams? Cause if that's the case, absolutely over. I feel like it would be. Yes. I feel like, yeah. Like, yeah, like there will be more than 35. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Josh says, Ryan Abraham said yesterday that Rice is Stanford light. Do you agree? I think that's what Rice wants to be. Um, I don't think they are there because historically Stanford has always been uh, ranges. Stanford ranges from being good to decent to bad. And Rice has never been really good consistently good um but i think that's what they want to be for sure so rice being stanford light implies that they are like a version of stanford where it's like more like knockoff stanford like yeah the, the problem is like rice the, doesn't recruit at stanford's the, level the cheap knockoff kind right stanford has the ability to go get a five-star recruit it's like that rice time, does not have that opportunity like that time my brother brought me home a, a muhammad salah jersey when he was in egypt and it had a crystal palace logo on it it sounds about right like yeah, <laughs> that kind of thing. Uh, Alex says, if SC is up by 30 points by halftime, would you start Miller Moss in the second half, or do you want the first starters to do the first drive of the third quarter? Yeah, starters do the first drive of the third quarter, yes. So I understand that that's always what happens, starters do the first drive of the third quarter, but I don't like that. I would give Miller Moss the the, the second half because what happens, you come out in the first drive and you don't score. Or like you come out the first drive and there's a turnover or something like that. Oh, then you want... have to give them the second drive, and then by that time you're you're never going to your backups. No, I still or like you, I you're, still you're taking want... away plays from your backups. Mm-mm. No, you want those guys to have the feeling of coming out after halftime and getting out on the field and doing a drive. I, I and you don't have to extend them out. You just give them one drive, and if they don't do anything with it, they don't do anything with it. I I I, I get it. I it's just not what I do. Uh, Jedi TV, who do you got tomorrow? Uh, JT or Keaton Slovis? I got Keaton. Pitt's a better team. And I got Keaton. I 
I'm so intrigued. I'm so intrigued there. Yeah, I think Pitt is a better team, and I would take – I think I have more faith in JT because we saw him do some, have success at Georgia, and we haven't seen Keaton Slovis have success outside of SC just because of he hasn't had that opportunity yet. He, I believe both can, but um, and I think they're probably equal quarterbacks. Um, but I think Pitt's a better team, so give me Keaton Slovis there. Uh, another one from John. Any second thoughts on both picking a 2-0 end of the season last episode? I would love it, but don't see it happening. That, that's against UCLA and Notre Dame. Both yeah. Both of us are picking SC to win both of the rivalry games. I don't mind the pick. Do I think my pick is is certain? No, I don't think so at all. I think there's a very good chance that you can split those games or even lose both of them. I think uh, there's certainly a universe where that happens. Yeah. I just like the matchup for USC. Uh, yeah, I, I, my, for me, it's, and I've talked about this before. It's not about wins and losses this year. It's about the eye test. And so I think SC will have initial growing pains because a roster overhaul of this magnitude can't not have at least something. I have a ton of faith in Lincoln Riley to win uh, at USC and win big long-term I expect some sort of growing pains in year one. Uh, I don't think there's any shame in that in year one, especially early, but I think by the time the season's going towards the end, they'll be at full bore. And so that translates to predicting wins. Uh, when we get to November, that could be a completely different story. Um, but yeah, for, for me, I'm sticking with it. Uh, Alex says rice versus rice. Will rice get a touchdown. Why is the right receiver get a touchdown against rice? The school Brendan rice. I'd love to see it. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Uh, likelihood uh, about as good as any other receiver getting a touchdown. So that's, it's, it's hard to say, but he'll be on the field. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, Josh says, how many times do you think USCSD will get to Rice's quarterback? We can assume Grinch wants uh, the defense to be aggressive. Uh, I'd, I'd like a handful, but uh, I don't know what to expect from this defense as far as getting the quarterback. They were not good at it last year. Yeah, I, I I didn't really have a takeaway on, on Rice's um, protection of the quarterback, too. Like, they have a veteran offensive line, but, like, I don't know that, that, that that's a good thing. But, like, I don't know that this is an offensive line that is anything to write home about. Um, I, let's say, like, three, four, three. I think three is a fair number. If you have three in the first week, yeah. Especially when SC last year just wasn't getting sacks for anything. To save their life last year, I think three would be a, a really good start. So, yeah, that's going to wrap it up, folks. That's um, oh, we got another one from Jedi TV. How many games uh, is Clay Helton winning at Georgia Southern uh, this year? I go for four games. I I know nothing <laughs> I about have, Georgia Southern. Yeah. I know nothing about the team he's inheriting. The only thing I know, and the thing that makes zero sense to me, is why he would go to Georgia Southern, a team that has run the triple option, like why like that that he's going to come in there and try to uh bring in his you know pro style spread to a triple option team i like that just seems like it would make things harder on him so that doesn't make any sense to me so yep but yeah that's all we got uh we'll be back on saturday you will be back on saturday i will be busy 
driving across the country for 2000 miles. So I'll, I'll see if maybe I can, I can call in or something. Uh, it'll be fun. SC and rice. We'll see how the game goes down uh, on Saturday afternoon, Pac 12 network. Uh, Alicia, you'll be back doing that solo pod. And then on Monday as well, a recap uh, 5 PM Pacific time on YouTube. I'll be back next week for the Stanford preview on Wednesday uh, at five o'clock as well. Thank you guys. As always uh, come back for the car cast. Give us your emails at rain of Troy Phone number 213-373-1872. Call into the rant line. I don't know when we're going to be able to make a rant line montage with me traveling or whatnot, but we'll try to make one. 213-373-1872 is the phone number. Uh, And there was a question earlier about what do we say after that? Uh, It is uh, Suck at What's Brewing Show. Uh, Because our friend, uh, Jake Merrifield at the What's Brewing Show, uh, told us to suck it. He said suck at Rain of Troy. So we had to say it back. Well, they do. They do a, a call and response sort of W WBS uh, yeah. thing, well, and well, they started saying "suck at suck at Raina Troy" at the end of that. So, well, the the origin of this was that we couldn't say the thing at the same time yes. when we were recording on different sides of the earth. Uh, <laughs> we weren't that far away, but no. yes, <laughs> yeah, well, we were recording remotely. Yes, uh, and then so. Once we got it right and in sync, we were like, yeah, second, second was brunch. Cool. Um, SC and Rice Saturday. Uh, and then right after that, uh, come watch Alicia uh, give her car cast. So we'll see you guys then. Until then. See ya. See ya. See ya. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.